0: This week on Priority One, the merchandising train has begun for Picard with a special DVD comic book release. Galaxy Quest celebrates 20 years with a theatrical documentary presentation. Star Trek Online participates in Breast Cancer Awareness Month with a limited bundle that's so hot, it's pink. And of course, before we wrap up the show, we'll open hailing frequencies for your incoming messages. RPN, the Roddenberry Podcast Network. This episode of Priority One is brought to you by GamePrint. We thank them and our patrons for their support of Priority One Podcast. Command codes verified.
1: Priority One message from Starfleet coming
0: in on secured channel. Hello, Captains. You're listening to episode 434 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. Your weekly report of all the major news happening in the Star Trek multiverse. Recorded live on Tuesday, October 15th, 2019, and available for download or streaming on Friday, October 18th at PriorityOnePodcast.com. I'm Elijah. I'm Kat.
1: And I'm Anthony. And before we jump into the news... We want to invite you to join in on the weekly conversations, whether via social media platforms like facebook.com forward slash priority one podcast, or on Twitter or Instagram at priority one pod, or by email to incoming at PriorityOnePodcast.com. one podcast.com.
2: Maintaining these features would not be possible without the support of our patrons, listeners like you who support the ongoing production of this show by offering a financial contribution each month. Visit us at patreon.com forward slash priority one pod and check out how you can become an admiral in the priority one podcast listener fleet. Now, captains, of course, we understand that giving
0: up your hard earned money is a big ask, especially for a podcast. But we have orders from on high in the Admiralty of Starfleet, because the next best thing you can do is to share this show with your friends. Starfleet has a call to action. When you see this show posted on social media, be sure to hit that retweet or share button to let your fellow Trekkies know that they can get their weekly roundup of news from across the Star Trek multiverse right here on
2: Priority One. Now, let's check out the latest news from the Star Trek multiverse. Jordan, I don't know. Then let's trek it out.
0: If your ideal Starfleet captain is principled, intelligent, diplomatic, tough, inspiring, In a word, Picard. Then it's a great time to be a Trekkie! Just in time to prepare yourself for the forthcoming Picard series, CBS Home Entertainment has released a six-disc Blu-ray set dedicated to the great Captain himself. Titled, Star Trek Picard Movie and TV Collection, the set includes all four Star Trek The Next Generation movies. Generations, First Contact, Insurrection, and Nemesis, as well as special editions of two-part episodes, The Best of Both Worlds and Chain of Command. These especially reconfigured episodes have been edited to play both parts seamlessly, like a single film. The new Blu-ray set also includes over 10 hours of previously released special features, like behind-the-scenes interviews and featurettes, gag reels, deleted scenes,
2: and more. And to cap off the set, IDW Publishing, the home of official Star Trek comics, has created an exclusive 16-page comic book titled Star Trek Sky's the Limit. Several sample pages of the issue are previewed on Star Trek.com. In the preview, we pick up with a scene of the Enterprise D crew, reminiscent of where all good things left them, playing poker with Captain Picard. Just as Riker applies the pressure to Picard calling his bluff, the game is interrupted by a priority Starfleet communication. The Enterprise must respond to a Maquis hostage situation on Akavan 3. If you'd like to see the sample pages from the comic as well as details on the new Blu-ray set, check out the links in our show notes.
0: You know, it's a little misleading to call it Star Trek Picard movie and... TV collection, because I was like, wait a minute, a Picard movie?
1: What? So, Chain of Command is my favorite Next Generation episodes, because... I love when somebody else takes command of the Enterprise. I just love every episode where Picard isn't in command of the Enterprise, and I don't know why.
2: Really, even the one with Captain Jericho.
1: Jellico. Yeah, Jellico, that's chain of that That's, guy. that's chain of command. He oh, comes it is. in. Yeah, he comes in and takes over while Picard's on the secret mission oh. to the Cardassians and gets captured by Gul Madrid and and so and I. But I also love episodes where Data takes command as well. So I'm really excited about this pack, this DVD, this Blu-ray pack. I I don't normally buy the extra ones because I have, you know, I already have everything. I don't, and, or you can just stream it on multiple platforms currently. Mm -hmm. So, but this one I might actually pick up because I really, really like that, those two episodes, and I would love to see it as one big long movie and some of the bonus features as well.
0: Well, that's the thing about this particular set is that it looks like it's all previously released special features. So, I mean, I've had all seven seasons on Blue- on DVD. I haven't finished collecting them all on Blu-ray, but I have the films on Blu-ray. You know, the thing about these DVD features is that a lot of us purchase them for the special features, right? The ability to get gag reels and, and interviews and th- things like that, that, that give us a broader and greater appreciation of what it took to produce this show that we love so much. With it having previously released special features, if you already own it on Blu-ray or even the the original DVD box sets, this isn't for me, for sure. But I do agree with you, Chain of Command is probably one of the best episodes, two-parters for TNG, best episodes altogether.
1: Hang on one second, I need to get my diary out. (laughs) <laughs> Dear Diary, October 15th, 2019. Oh, so good. Elijah agreed with me.
2: <laughs> Squee!
1: Okay.
0: Wait till we get to on
2: screen.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's going to go all downhill from there.
2: Um, Yeah, I just don't watch stuff like that. I mean, I will watch it, but I probably wouldn't. Watch it for a Blu-ray. I mean, like, you'd have to, like, put it in the machine and play it, and I probably won't do that.
1: That's just too much work?
2: That's just too much. I'd, I'd have to hook the Blu-ray up. I have an idea for a new streaming
0: service. All the featurettes and all the extra gag reels and things like that. Seriously, if
2: that was available, I'd watch it, but I mean, if I have to put the thing in the machine and stuff, that's hard.
1: I would spend <laughs> six ninety-nine a month for that. I would not. I was being funny. And if you're an international Star Trek fan who watched maybe a little enviously while we brought you our New York Comic Con and Paley Fest coverage of Star Trek Picard, then hold your breath no longer and book your trip to Destination Star Trek in Birmingham, England. The captain himself, Sir Patrick Stewart, has been confirmed as a special guest, appearing on Saturday, October 26th. To talk about the new show. Tickets to his appearance in the main theater are available through the event website linked in our show notes. Each ticket also includes a limited edition DST Star Trek Picard poster. So if anybody's going to that and wants to get me one of those, I would be very appreciative. Thank you.
0: They were giving out posters at New York Comic Con if you did the transporter experience thing, but I think if I came home with one more knickknack... Allie would burn the place down.
1: (laughs) I actually have a, uh, I don't know if you can see it, I have a Discovery poster from, that's from the New York Comic Con when Discovery was first there, and you had to sit in the captain's chair to get it.
2: Oh, cool. I don't have
1: any of that stuff. Well, book your ticket to Birmingham, (laughs) England.
0: (laughs) In other news of interest to our UK listeners, British TV network Channel 4 has purchased the rights to stream Star Trek Discovery on their E4 digital channel, along with the comedy Man With a Plan starring Matt LeBlanc. According to CBS Studios International President of Sales Barry Chamberlain, quote, Channel 4 is already a licensee for several of our top-rated franchises, including The Good Fight and Charmed, and we are confident. They will have continued success with Star Trek Discovery and Man with a Plan." End quote.
1: That's really great for viewers in the UK. So does that mean that they're gonna get it in addition to Netflix?
0: You see, that doesn't seem to be clear. So the article from Hollywood Reporter doesn't specify how this might change their relationship with Netflix. I mean, what I'm curious about is how they're handling things like Short Treks and then later Picard and whatnot, right? Because right now, our friends in the UK and Europe and across the globe, some of them still haven't had access to the Short Treks. So they're you know already days behind when everybody in the US has, has watched it. So I don't know. I'm curious to see what the details of this deal are. In terms of licensing,
2: you know, I'm always fascinated by license agreements. So I guess it just depends on what they bought, which we don't know yet. You know, they might not have permission to show the Short Treks.
1: According to comicbook.com, Short Treks is on Netflix, internationally. Oh, I guess
0: they take a while. I guess they. Take oh
2: yeah, there's probably a, definitely a delay in when they're available. A long delay. Yeah. If I asked you, what's the funniest Star Trek movie, what would be your answer? Obviously, the only right answer is the 1999 classic, Galaxy Quest. We're coming up on the film's 20th anniversary and Fathom Events has announced a one-day-only special event, Never Surrender, a Galaxy Quest documentary. The documentary, which will screen on November 26th in select theaters, explores how the movie became a cult classic and fan favorite. The film features interviews with almost the entire cast including Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, and Sam Rockwell, as well as appearances by Will Wheaton and Brent Spiner and other celebrities. Sadly, of course, Alan Rickman passed away before he could be interviewed, but his castmates share their touching recollections of working with him. Roth Cornett, a producer, says, quote, If you love Alan Rickman, that's the moment for me when we talk about Alan passing. I got choked up. End quote. Of the documentary and the film itself, Cornette also says, quote, Something like this highlights that when people love something and they come together, it can really, really, really have a huge impact on their whole life, even just a little movie about a TV show. And we're making a documentary about a movie about a TV show.
0: End quote. I'm really looking forward to this documentary. It's funny because now I know what Brent Spiner was talking to me about when I tricked him into taking that selfie with me. That was recorded that selfie i we I took with him in 2017 yeah maybe 18 i don't remember but i was wearing my never give up never surrender galaxy quest t-shirt and he walked by and he goes nice t-shirt and i go yeah it's from the best star trek film ever made and he stopped dead in his tracks turned around and was like which film is that and i go galaxy quest he goes you know i'm doing a documentary about that right i was like what what are you talking about Why don't you come and have a seat? He goes, no, 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 no. So this is that documentary, and I'm really looking forward to seeing it. The event is on November 26th, so get your tickets now. This is, you know, we'll get into this when we talk about the latest short track, The Trouble with Edward. This is that comedy about Star Trek that works really well, while still telling a captivating story that, poses a unique question, and tests the, the nature of humanity in a bigger scope. And that's one of the reasons why I think this film really works, is that at its core, it's, it's a traditional Star Trek story that happens to be funny and is enjoyable. And I think that's why we've embraced it as one of the best Trek films ever made. Um, Anthony's like, I hate Galaxy Quest. It's garbage. <laughs> no, no, you got you, you started talking
1: about Star Trek and then my brain shifted that direction, but we'll talk about that later. So yes, Galaxy Quest is in my top five of Star Trek movies, and that's just a fact. And it, sh- it should be in everybody's top five if you're a Star Trek fan. What I love about this story is that we just had a great documentary with the Deep Space Nine, and now we're getting another documentary with... Galaxy Quest and and I'm almost more excited about it than I would be if I hadn't just seen the DS9 documentary and knowing what that experience was like. Now looking forward to this experience with with Galaxy Quest just makes me that much more excited and to know that there's Star Trek alums in there and to get their take on it. Because like, let's face it, I mean, it's, it's you know, it's a commentary on the fandom of Star Trek and the franchise of Star Trek, and that's cool. I mean, it's great to have that conversation and it, it's great to see that presented in such a fun, adventurous movie. So I'm, I'm definitely really looking forward to this.
0: Well, Captains, that brings us to our first community question this week. Where does Galaxy Quest rank, if at all, on your list of favorite Trek films? Let us know in the comments section for this episode over at PriorityOnePodcast.com, or if you're following us on social media, be sure to answer it when we post this community question. Captains, before we move on to Star Trek Online and other gaming news, we need to take a moment to thank our sponsor, Game print. With their help, we were able to provide you coverage throughout New York Comic Con 2019, including all those hot tweets you got during the Star Trek panels at Madison Square Garden and during PaleyFest in New York. With their help, we were able to upgrade some of our equipment to make live streaming from mobile a little easier. So we are so very grateful for their ongoing support of Priority One Podcast. And now, as we move into the holiday season might want to nudge that special person in your life, or family member, to look at getting you a ship from Game Print. And, just announced, the Alachi Qualish Frigate and the Kelvin Timeline Heavy Destroyer are now available to print. So get those tier six ships and display them proudly along with all your other Star Trek memorabilia. Now, for those of you that may not be aware, GamePrint is the company that allows you to 3D print virtually any ship from Star Trek Online, in any configuration that you have in the game. We're talking about hundreds of ships and their variants that you can explore by visiting GamePrint.net and with the update to their website that allows you to actually sort by ship class, choosing a ship, should be really easy. And that's the best part of their website. You don't have to be a Star Trek online player to browse through their library and choose a ship that another player might have already uploaded. You can even change the name of the ship to whatever you want it to be. So truly customize your ship and display it proudly at GamePrint.net. We thank them and our patrons for their support.
1: Well, Captains, that's all the news we have to trek out this week. Now, let's find out what happened in the world of Star Trek gaming.
2: Computer, status report. Status. Incoming message.
0: I'm only in the mood for good news today. The Kelvin universe continues its invasion of Star Trek Online with the newest Tier 6 ship being that of the USS Franklin. From the third Kelvin J.J. Lensflare movie, Star Trek Beyond. The Freedom Class Exploration Frigate features a Lieutenant Commander Universal Miracle Worker Bridge Officer Station and a Lieutenant Commander Universal Pilot Station. It can be equipped with five forward weapons and five tactical consoles. It also comes with the Universal Console VHF Disruptive Transmission, which, when activated, blasts high-frequency radio waves towards nearby foes, dealing electrical damage, and will increase the ship's maneuverability. The ship will not be able to sabotage any subsystems. The console also passively boosts electrical damage and hull capacity. The level 5 starship mastery trait is smooth landing. When slotted, activating evasive maneuvers will apply brace for impact and activating Brace for Impact will also apply evasive maneuvers.
2: You can obtain the Freedom Class Frigate from the Special Requisition Choice Pack found in the Research and Development Packs from now until October 31st. R&D Packs purchased from the Sea Store will grant either 10 Lobby Crystals or the Tier 6 Promotion Ship Choice Pack. You can choose from any of the previous ships available in the Choice Pack, or you can fly home this brand-new USS Franklin-style Freedom Class Frigate. For more details and stats on the ship, check out the show notes.
1: So, I'll be honest with you, if there was one ship in the entire Star Trek universe, multiverse even, that I was less excited about, it would have to be a Pakled ship because this is my least favorite ship.
0: What does it have to do with Pakleds? I, I said it'd the be, that... yeah, be the only other thing that. Yeah,
1: that'd be the only other thing that would be l- less than this, would be a Pakled ship.
0: I'm not a fan of this ship either. It's just not my style. It looks a little too alien to me. And I'm curious because the Franklin is supposed to be kind of the, the an evolution from the NX. No, it's
1: a predecessor. That's the problem. No way. Yeah.
0: The Franklin cannot be an, a predecessor of the NX. I
1: mean, that's the argument. That's This is part of the problem is why didn't they just use the NX? I mean, was it a licensing issue or what was the deal? But the thing is, is that this- No, I
0: don't. Th- the Franklin was after the NX.
1: The Franklin was supposedly a Warp 4 ship, and then the NX-01 was a Warp 5 ship. And then when, after the Zindi War and after the Mako War were integrated into Starfleet and Mako went away, they, you know, platoon leaders or whatever were given commands of ships. So they took an old ship and brought it out and gave it to him. I mean, that's, that's, what I, that's my understanding of, of how this ship came to be.
0: I know what this ship looks like to me. It looks like a nutcracker. <laughs> like you can grab from the tuna cells and crack a walnut in between. Like that's why I don't like this ship. It's just not
2: my style. Dear yeah. diary, Elijah I and I ate like twice in one I don't like this ship that much either. Episode. I'd rather have a juggernaut. <laughs> I was going to you... win a ship out of that pack. But
1: Kat, you're you're interested in the electrical damage console, right? Because you do an electrical you have an electrical yeah. damage build.
2: Yeah, but I mean for the price for that console You know, there's other ways you can boost your electrical. I'm just not dying for another electrical damage console. There's a bunch out there. Unless it's like completely amazing and I happen to win that ship, but I probably would pick something else before I pick that one.
1: With the return of Starfleet's ultimate test, the Kobayashi Maru, captains on PC can also earn rewards towards another free tier 6 ship from the C-Store. You can now find the event details in the shiny new events tab in the mission journal. And there are a few changes to this event from the previous one. First, the amount of progress needed to claim the reward has been reduced from 3000 to 2100. And because the overall progress is spread over several events, When you use the buyout option for a single event, you will receive up to 700 progress in the event campaign. The actual amount will be determined based on the amount of progress you've already made in this single event and the prorated discount. There will still be bonus progress periods. However, expect them to be less frequent this time around.
0: Also, the Kobayashi Maru scenario will see some changes as a featured TFO. There is no minimum level to participate. As long as your character has completed the tutorial, chosen an allegiance for Romulan and Jem'Hadar, or travel to the present timeline or Discovery and TOS characters, they can participate in the TFO. Also, while the TFO is featured, it will complete after Wave 6 and the failure condition of either all players being dead or the transport being destroyed have been removed. After its run as the featured TFO, the infinite version of the scenario will return with the failure conditions and normal rewards. The feature TFO runs from now until November 7th.
1: So this is pretty interesting. I'm actually surprised that we're getting another free tier six ship uh, event campaign so soon after the first one. What do you guys think about that?
2: It seems like a lot of ships. It doesn't seem like we normally get this many ships throughout the year, and um, not that I'm going to say no to a free ship.
0: Look, man, anything to get me back in the game to play a patrol or a TFO or something that that keeps the cheeks in seats is something that I fully support. And with that, that brings us to our next community question. With the new changes to the event campaign for another tier 6 ship, Will you be playing daily to get your progression or do you plan on buying out any of the individual events? Again, let us know in the comments section for this episode at PriorityOnePodcast.com or by replying to our social media posts with our community questions.
2: October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month and Star Trek Online has teamed up with Groupies to raise money for the National Breast Cancer Foundation. Players can go to groupies.com forward slash stow and choose from three donation bundles to help fight breast cancer and get some exclusive in-game items. For a one dollar donation, you will receive a pink genetically altered safe triple which grants plus .01 health regen and plus two percent maximum hit points a pink Rysian Lunarian Caracol, a pink Vanity Shield, and a pink Ribbon Badge. If you donate just five dollars, you'll receive all of those items, plus a T-6 M'Claw Pilot Bird of Prey, and a T-6 Shran Light Pilot Escort. And finally, for just a ten dollar donation, you can get all of the previous items And ships, plus a T-6 Europa-heavy battlecruiser and a T-6 Karak battlecruiser. Act fast, the $5 and $10 bundles are limited, and the $10 has, oh, unfortunately, already sold out at the time of this recording. For links to the items in the donation page, check out the show notes. And now for some upcoming events in Star Trek Online.
1: Captains on both PC and console can run the Hearts and Minds mission from October 30th through November 1st and receive those special rewards. And console captains can participate in a bonus marks weekend from now until Monday, October 21st. Then, look forward to a research and development weekend from October 24th to the
2: 28th. Oh yeah, if you don't have the zombie emote, hearts and minds, you can get it. Everyone likes new dance moves. In Priority 1 Armada news, a couple of KDF fleets are getting really close to Tier 5 colony upgrades, House of Martok and House of Moog. Well done, everyone. Thanks for contributing, and please keep those colony projects filled.
0: And now, for the weekly top tip...
1: In an effort to lend a hand to new players, or even surprise the most veteran captains in Star Trek Online, here's our weekly top tip. The gambling device, found in the low-buy store for 30 crystals, is probably the best buff device you can get. For those of you not familiar with the gambling device, it's a ground item that when you activate it and win the gamble, it will buff you plus 10% crit chance, plus 10% crit severity, and plus 15 dodge for 1 hour. If you lose, it will give you a negative buff for only one minute. Now, the really great thing about the gambling device is that you can remove it and swap it for another device without losing the buff. Now, don't get too excited. This buff does not stack with any of the triples, so don't even try. But if you really need that Laser Dyno, Hypo Spray, Frequency Remodulator, and Shard of Possibilities, you can swap in the gambling device buff it up and then swap it out for the good stuff.
2: That's it for this week in gaming news. Now let's look on screen for the latest Short Treks episode titled The Trouble with Edward.
0: Computer, set Short Treks episode The Trouble with Edward on screen.
1: On screen. In this next Short Trek titled The Trouble with Edward, science officer Lynn Lucero is promoted to her own command as the new captain of the USS Cabot. However, she learns quickly that not everyone under her command is a shining example of what it means to be a Starfleet officer. Protein specialist Edward Larkin, however, not the best of the best. After growing disgruntled with his new captain, Edward takes it upon himself to genetically modify triples with his own human DNA. The result? The completely uncontrolled replication that results in the evacuation of her ship just two weeks into her command.
0: All right, before we jump into our opinions of the episode, this short trek, why don't we talk a little bit about some of the Easter eggs and touchstones that we might have found whilst watching it. The first one that was in your face was the three-screen monitor on the table, which is straight out of TOS, and I absolutely loved it. That's the first one I noticed.
1: Uh, the biggest one for me was when Captain Lucero sits in her chair and she accidentally sits on a Tribble. It's almost like movement for movement the same as when Kirk accidentally sits on a Tribble in the episode The
0: Trouble with Tribbles. So I I, I, I like that little shout out
1: there.
2: And did we see a scant on the Enterprise?
0: We did. We did see a scant on the Enterprise, except the dude was wearing pants. So it was like a half scant because it it was it was... But the person was walking behind Pike and Lucero as she was disembarking from the Enterprise, and they walk behind them, and the person is wearing black pants, or Spanx, it could be, or something, it, but there was definitely a... Space Spanks. S- space Spanx, <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's still Spanx, then.
0: <laughs> Alright, so, what did you guys think of the episode?
1: I absolutely loved this episode of Short Treks, and... I, I believe that this is what the short treks should be. It should be little quirky stories outside of the the prime story of Discovery and, and go on these little, these little excursions with these characters, and they can be this quirky and funny. What amazes me the most, I'm sure that people are going to disagree with me, and that's fine. I think that the comedic short treks, the one with Harry Mudd and this one, were the best ones, the most well executed and the most entertaining. And it's it's weird because, you know, there's this saying that comedy is hard and drama is difficult, but for some reason, the creative teams behind these short tracks, I think they do better with the comedic ones than they
0: do with the dramatic ones.
2: Yeah, I'm like, well, I like that they're doing comedy, but I hated this episode.
0: I respectfully disagree. People have commented that we've become negative on the show because, you know, if we don't like something, then it doesn't mean that we have to voice our opinions. But I think that we would be doing a disservice for listeners that also feel, as some of us feel, this episode, to me, felt absurd. It was an absurd episode that was gratuitously absurd. The story, it was absurd to be absurd. Like, that was the only reason to do it. For me, that's not the type of storytelling that I enjoy. Whether it's television, whether it's theater, whether it's movies. Shock value doesn't do it for me. It needs to propel the story forward. It needs to be a part of the plot. It needs to be as important as character development and as as plot development what this felt like to me was an attempt to be the orville with very colloquial humor the scene between lucero and and larkin where he's like no the conversation's not over cuz i'm not i haven't decided the conversation's over and th- that little banter there didn't work for me because i don't expect at the very least any starfleet captain to have let the conversation move along that far. So that's not my Trek. And that wasn't the humor I was expecting. I expect that humor from the Orville because that's what we got right out of the boat. It was... it this. The Orville is not a vision of the future. The Orville is our humor today set in space. Whereas Star Trek has always been a representation of the future that is better than what we are today. These little funny back and forths just didn't do it for me him walking out of his room and his underwear and his first of all they weren't even boxer briefs he was just wearing straight-up whitey tighties <laughs>
2: they were really white
0: <laughs> yeah it was it was funny don't get me wrong this was a funny episode but it didn't I, for me it didn't belong in Star Trek it didn't tell a story that contributed to the overall mythos of what Star Trek is and what Starfleet has been. Um, I don't want Archer in Star Trek. I don't want Bob's Burgers in Star Trek, and I don't want, and for those of you that that don't understand the connection there, the, the, the gentleman who played Edward Larkin is the voice of Archer, the animated series, and the voice of Bob in Bob's Burgers. That's not what I'm looking for in Star Trek. To further the analogy to the Orville, they straight up play a Bing Crosby song. Right, which, which Seth MacFarlane is notorious for playing big band music of Frank Sinatra, uh, Dean Martin, Sammy Davis Jr., Bing Crosby. That is a, a trademark of Seth MacFarlane storytelling. And they straight up ripped it right off of him with a Bing Crosby song. Lastly, the post credit scene, uh, it just made absolutely no sense. It came out of nowhere. Why is there a VHS-style commercial playing in Star Trek in the 22nd century? Why? Why is there VHS? I don't understand. Look, I am all about humor. I love comedy. Voyage Home, great comedy. Several of the films, great comedy. Several of the episodes, great comedy. But the comedy was a part of a a greater purpose and a greater... Direction to move the plot forward. Watch Trouble with Tribbles. Watch Trials and Tribulations. There are funny moments in those episodes, but it wasn't funny for shock value. It was funny because it was a, it was, it, 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 talk about little tribbles. It, it, it's funny. It's, we can't not make jokes about this. But this was just absurd for shock value purposes. That made no sense to me in the greater Star Trek mythos.
2: I think that they have gone in other short treks like the calypso they did go back to some you know big band music so i don't think that's completely unheard of to that one point um yeah i love h john benjamin i i hated edward larkin hated it Hate. <laughs> i can't i love him so much i wanted it to be better and it wasn't better it's funny
1: because i think that in my opinion, and this this is this is just for me, you know. Obviously, you know, it, that, and that's the great thing about you know, entertainment. is it can be it can be subjective. So something that I like isn't necessarily something that you like. I mean, we we know that every week. For me, I actually felt like they did what Orville wants to do, and they just did it better, because they did it in the Star Trek universe, and they were successful at it. In my opinion. The other thing about the big band music, Deep Space Nine played big band music over Star Trek stories well before Seth MacFarlane did. So Star Trek already owns that. Um, you can't you can't lock that in that that's a Seth MacFarlane thing because Star Trek did it before that. You're,
0: no 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 no. You're missing. I'm sorry. You may have misinterpreted my my point. There is that Seth MacFarlane injects a specific type of music into his storytelling. Unlike what we have seen before, because, I mean, if you watch the Honest Trailers for TNG, it's concerts, concerts and more concerts. I'm aware that Star Trek has used music before and then DS9 lived off of that for the holodeck program. But it was the way it was executed. It was executed much like a, a, a complete ripoff of what Seth MacFarlane has been doing on the Orville.
1: But, but Seth MacFarlane rips it off from somewhere else, which ripped it off from somewhere else. I mean, this isn't, you, can't, you can't just say that they're ripping off Seth MacFarlane because it's not an accurate statement. In my opinion, it was just a more successful execution of that style of humor set in a sci-fi environment because it was the original sci-fi environment. Like, Star Trek has gotten so big, if you don't go out and do new things with it, it's going to feel stale, like the Orville. The Orville, in my opinion, doesn't do anything new that Star Trek hasn't already done, and it feels stale to me. Whereas Star Trek and Discovery and, and this creative team are doing new, refreshing things with it that are keeping me engaged and entertained. And that's why I want to keep watching every week. And I feel like it, you know, yeah, it is it is absurdist humor. Like, I'm not gonna disagree with you on that, but it it's truthful to the characters that they create, however absurd they are. And I like the fact that there's this little corner of the Star Trek universe where these people exist. Because, I mean, the Federation is huge and there's, there's thousands of starships and you're gonna have, you know, not the cream of the crop. I mean, we've been watching the cream of the crop in every single Star Trek
0: show and series, you know, for the last 50 years. You want it to, that's not true at all. You look at Deep Space 9, several of the characters there were not cream of the crop. Quark is not cream of the crop.
2: But he's not in Starfleet.
0: But he's on a on a space station that is controlled by He's the cream of the crop for a Ferengi. Look, I I don't want to My goal here is not to try to convince you why I believe this is bad. My goal here is to, is to articulate why for me, and I think several others who I have engaged with on social media, this didn't work for me. Right now, what we're seeing from Star Trek is that they are really, literally, this is the first great example of this, throwing everything at the dartboard at the same time hoping that things stick and as interested as i was to that theory that concept this short trek made me really scared about the directions that they're going. directions not direction but the directions that they're going to try to take star trek storytelling it's not for everyone and we can all agree to disagree and that's fine i don't want to again try to convince you of my opinion, and I don't want you to try to convince me of yours. It's okay for us to not like something. And it's o- it should be okay for us to verbalize that and articulate that. And to express concern if we have it. Ultimately, this one didn't do it for me, and I didn't do it for many others. And I'm glad that it made you it made you happy I'm glad that you got a laugh out of it I'm glad that several other people got a laugh out of it and got them excited for what's coming maybe this will draw people in maybe this will draw in the Archer crowd maybe this will draw in the Bob's Burgers crowd maybe this will draw in the Orville crowd maybe it will hopefully it will but if I had a choice which I do well actually I don't because I do a weekly podcast where I have to watch these things (laughs) this this is something I would have much preferred to have skipped
2: there is a point that the short treks are for experimentation that isn't necessarily... It doesn't frighten me, like, for the future of the next season of Discovery or anything. It just seems like, hey, they tried this. For me, this one definitely didn't work, but others worked. So, you know, if it's just an experiment, let's look at this and give these actors a shot or see what they can do. Um, yeah, but still didn't work for me.
1: Well, that wraps up this short trek on screen. Now let's open Hailing Frequencies and see what's incoming
2: Message coming in, sir. Hailing Frequencies, open. See, we are getting to know each other. Well, Captains, Hailing Frequencies are now open, and we're ready to receive all your incoming messages.
1: Our first community question last week was, what was your favorite piece of Star Trek news from New York? Was it the trailers, the release
0: dates, the newest Short Trek? From Twitter, AlienGamer79 wrote in, My favorite piece of news was the Picard release date, and I really enjoyed the trailer too.
2: From PriorityOnePodcast.com, Tyler Maxwell says, All the things. Yay! Flails Kermit Arms.
0: (laughs) Our second community question was, Now that the new Star Trek Online Patrol UI has had a little time to settle in, How do you feel about the new system and the new patrols?
2: From Twitter, Drogan says, Overall, I like the new patrol UI, but I do hesitate a little because it's one more thing that we don't have to move around the game world to use. It's not a bad thing to make us fly places.
1: From Facebook, Keith Rombach writes, I feel the new patrol UI is a good way for experienced players to have something different to do besides daily mission grinding. But they seem to have forgotten that there are other missions in the sector space maps that you can find just by traveling to different systems in the sector. They even help you get more XP even though there's no dilithium. About six years ago, I went from level 5 to 40 just doing those missions. That's true. I really enjoyed those, like spontaneous patrol missions you'd be traveling along and all of a sudden it's like oh i can interact
0: with the system what's in here i seldom used that seldom participated in that um i think that and we've had this conversation with al is that that the idea is to allow players to log in click a button get stuff done get out um exploration on the galactic scale in the sector space map i think died a long time ago, shortly after the game launched, um, even after the sector walls fell.
2: Well, that's sad. I like running around the sector maps and, you know, beaming into different places.
0: From Twitter, Matt writes in, I still don't understand why the game needed it. If it was for ship leveling, then just give more XP and the old patrols would have sufficed, instead of nerfing the Delta patrols from having the daily mark reward box. Cryptic might have made some changes, but they're not enough to warrant playing them outside of the event. The Delta Patrols were obsolete with the change. Well, that wraps up episode 434 of Priority One, a Roddenberry Star Trek podcast. But there are more great shows available to you on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. Just visit podcasts.roddenberry.com for a complete list. Then be sure to subscribe to them all. And, of course, be sure to share them with your friends.
1: But we can't forget to send a special thanks to some of our Patreon supporters like Diana Gunther, Darnell Dwayne Ross, David K. Rutley, Joshua Selig, and Peter Archibald.
2: And before we go, here's our community questions for this week. First community question is... Where does Galaxy Quest rank, if at all, on your list of favorite Trek films? Second community question is, with the new changes to the event campaign for another T6 ship, will you be playing daily to get your progression or do you plan on buying out any of the individual events?
1: Captains, it's important to us that you get your voice heard and that you participate in the conversation. Leave us a comment on our website at priorityonepodcast.com on our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash priority1podcast, or find us on Twitter and Instagram at priority1pod.
0: Don't miss a thing from the Star Trek multiverse. Catch our episodes every Friday. Just open your favorite podcast app and do a search for Roddenberry. There you'll find us and our friends on the Roddenberry Podcast Network. You can even join in on the shenanigans while we record our episodes live on Tuesday nights at around 8pm Eastern. Just be sure to follow us on social media for the details.
2: And if you're still craving more, be sure to spend time with Winters and me and the Priority One Armada. Saturday nights, the Armada broadcast live to review the latest Star Trek Online and Armada news, as well as spotlight some of the amazing members in our community. Each week, we team up with you, the viewers, to earn things like reputation marks and dilithium. With regular giveaways, there's something for all Star Trek Online players, new and old follow us on all our social media accounts for broadcast times and if you'd like to join the armada visit priorityonearmada.com
0: this episode of priority one podcast is brought to you by our patrons through patreon.com find out more and add your support at patreon.com forward slash priority one and even if you cannot make a financial contribution remember starfleet command issued the order share the show with your fellow trekkies it's your support that keeps us going
1: Don't forget to tune into Priority One Productions' Guard Frequency Podcast at GuardFrequency.com. Each episode, the Guard will take you inside the universe of your favorite space sims, including a tabletop adventure played out by your hosts. And Heroes Rise brings you up to date with the world of Dungeons & Dragons. Learn all about the latest publications, tools, tips, tricks, and traps in less time than it takes to skin a wyvern. Head over to HeroesRisePodcast.com discover their
0: secrets thanks to our audio editors including William Hardy Brandon Parker Rand Hurl Daniel Stevens Roscoe McQueen and Skiffy thanks to our producer Jake Morgan for assisting in the production of this week's show with support from associate producer Shane Hoover thanks to our graphic artist Henry Pomper with support from Jason Smith of the priority one Armada thanks to the composer of our theme music Chris Watts thanks to our syndication partners subspace radio and Trek radio but most importantly, a big thanks to you, the Star Trek community, our listeners. Because without your ongoing support, none of this would be possible.
2: Enemy ship on sensors. Red alert. su
0: Engage. For
1: complete. Um, the, the, the other thing about the big band music, Deep Space Nine played played big bang music. Deep Space Nine played big bang music. Deep Space Nine <laughs> played big band music over Star Trek stories well before Seth MacFarlane did. How? <laughs> what? Sorry, we have a brand of cheese in New England called Cabot cheese, and so that's all I could think of when she was promoted to the Cabot was Vermont Which I cheddar. think there was
0: a mistake in the short trek. They 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 classified the ship as the Cabot, but it's not the Cabot, right? Isn't it the
1: No, it's a Cabot. It's I mean it's the name of the ship
0: is the Cabot. Right, but they classify All right, we'll get to that in a second. Go. Just deliver this freaking summary. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like the Godfather over there. Let me watch as you screw this up. The result, the completely uncontrolled replication that results in an in an in an in an in, in, in. The result. Excuse me, I'm I'm burping, so I don't burp while I'm saying it. Just just be clear.
0: I don't care that you were burping. I'm telling you where to pick up the sentence again.
1: Oh, I'm sorry. Where I'm sorry. Where did you? The want me to result.
0: Pick up? The result. Oh, okay. okay, I'm gonna slap. Sorry. <laughs> Are you threatening physical violence against me? No, I was getting a, a, a gnat. Oh, oh, me oh all, okay.
2: All night. Can, Thought you were doing can, that there friends there a, thing.
1: Is there an, is there an HR? <laughs> is there an HR representative?
2: Uh, I'm not sure. Check with your union representative.
1: <laughs> the result the completely uncontrolled replication that results in an in vacuum
2: <laughs> in a vacuum
1: in an evacuation i don't like you There's drinking no Riesling. it makes evacuation. you
0: way too giddy <laughs> and jason's right hr the, the hr office is in airlock 12 <laughs>
2: Good one, Jason.
0: <laughs> I'll, ask, I'll escort nice. you there. I'll nice. escort you there myself.
1: Oh, the Canadians got jokes. Okay <clears throat> The result: the completely uncontrolled replication that results in an in
2: vacuum.cast.roddenberry.com, <laughs> The Roddenberry Podcast Network.